The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. As we kick off a Friday and December, wow, I can't believe how fast December got here. <laughs> if you've been following along with the What the Hell's Taking December So Long saga yeah. on Red Eye Radio. Gary, what's happening? How well, are you? this is uh, what is uh, uh, happening. The uh, the debate uh, last night. The most ante- the landmark debate. I saw that Fox News. Uh, the landmark. Yeah. I'm like, how do you define landmark yeah, here? I don't know. But it was actually it was actually pretty good. And yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll tell you the... As we said, it's not going to impact the election, but uh, as of as of right now, it might in the fact that because of Newsom's performance, he might not run. <laughs> but he, might, he might he might announce tomorrow morning that he's no longer running. <laughs> yes, but let's let's <laughs> in in a race that he wasn't running in. Exactly. Uh, uh, here's just here's a one. We got clips all. We've got so much audio for t- uh, today on so yeah. many different things. Yeah. Uh, let's just play this uh, this particular clip. At one point, tried to say that California was the freedom state. And I just kind of laugh, like you're locking people down, you're doing all this. Uh, but then I thought about it. You know, California does have freedoms uh, that some people don't, uh, that other states don't. You have the freedom to defecate in public in California. You have the freedom to pitch a tent on Sunset Boulevard. Wait a minute, isn't that redundant? Uh, let's continue. <laughs> you have the freedom to create a homeless encampment under a freeway and even light it on fire. You have the, the freedom to uh, have an open air drug market and use drugs. You have the freedom, if you're an illegal alien, to get all these taxpayer benefits. So, so those are freedoms. They're not the freedoms our founding fathers envisioned, but they have contributed to the destruction of the quality of life in California. And the results speak for themselves. People are leaving the state because they have failed in addressing the homeless population. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess he meant you can just put up a tent anywhere. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. I just want to make sure that we clarify that. Yeah. Right. Because it the, was not, it was literal. I, yeah. I, in I, the literal sense. Right. I, I, I don't know if, uh, if Newsom did that on purpose or not, but it, <laughs> it got a, um, well, a, a roar out of the very immature, uh, host here at Red Eye Radio. Yeah. <laughs> It was mostly middle school jokes in our pre-show meeting. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, 
But when you when you look at this, when you, uh, here's you're going to have uh, Republicans, maybe not some uh, Trump supporters, but if if Trump supporters come out and attempt to attack DeSantis, it's not going to, it's not it's not going to go good. No, um, no. The interesting thing is some of the top defenses that Newsom made were Trump arguments against DeSantis mm. that, frankly, did, doesn't hold water, even with a significant portion of Trump supporters. Right. For example, he brought up uh, he, he uh, you know, brought up the, the, the fact that, uh, uh, you know, DeSantis was the, you know, the lockdown governor. Yeah, that coming from Newsom was mind boggling. Yeah, right. But we said it when Trump did it. In fact, remember when Trump was doing a rally one time and he stated that. Right. And there wasn't cheering in the crowd at all. There was like grumbling like, all right. I One thing would, that you have to understand is Trump is not winning by the margin that he is. Because. Republicans are looking and saying DeSantis is completely unqualified. Right. And Trump is the only qualified candidate. It's not a counterpoint to DeSantis or, frankly, anyone else on right. the stage aside from Chris Christie. Right. Well, <laughs> 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 Uh, uh, I mean, that was so obvious, but I yeah. wasn't expecting that. That was good. I mean, that was really good. I mean, that's that's really yeah. that's it's funny because it's accurate. It's it, it's <laughs> funny because it's true. Yeah. Uh, and and so um, uh, when that was, we're, we're always worried because we're always worried that Republicans are going to be weak and they have all the facts behind them. Right. And it's something that we've talked about, whether it's Republican members of Congress not being able to focus on the five or six issues that are slam dunk, absolutely slam dunk for Republicans. Yeah. And you yeah. pound them mm-hmm. and you you uh, you force you actually force the other side into lies. Right. And, yeah. you know, for example, and I didn't I didn't see this. You were you were awake during it. I, I wasn't. But you were telling me that when um, Gavin Newsom was saying what for the past couple of years more yeah. people have moved from to florida to california than yeah. california back right and he said fact check it and they did and they did and it just it right. was just brutal and so you force the other side into obvious lies yeah i i will a couple of things on on um on gavin newsom and you have to look at any kind of debate like this and I, and i think that again and i it, I I don't want to repeat what other conservative media are saying, but you have to say, I don't believe this is going to affect the outcome of the election, except DeSantis, DeSantis, but except Newsom may have second thoughts. Because as you said, it was a very, very, it's one of the best debates that I've actually seen from a Republican. I, it it was, it was a, I thought a stellar performance all the way around from Governor DeSantis. And I'm, and I'm looking at it based on not that DeSantis on the issues, uh, was that he was, uh, convert, you know, he was, he was, uh, uh, converting the people who already agree with him Mm -hmm. that he was trying to pump up his base. Right. 
It's based on the fact that in any debate you're going after independents and even Democrats that are sick of the of the Democrat Party because they believe that they've gone just off the rails. Yeah, right. and that's where and and again, I didn't wa- I didn't get to see the whole thing as 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 you did, but everything that I've seen so far, uh, I just don't. I I I think that you and I said this. Newsom at times will go out there and promote that California is doing great with extreme confidence. Mm-hmm. Newsom lies with extreme confidence. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does. But I think the problem that he has is the majority of the population and landslide numbers of independents uh, look at what's go- look at what's going on in California, what's going on with Biden, and when DeSantis is running through all the issues, as you, and we'll we'll play more audio coming up. But when he's going through all the issues, and you're like, yeah, we all know that, we all know that, yeah. And you and I do yeah. the same thing. We yeah. watch right. when he says it. We go, okay, the polling agrees with him. It's like right. sixty to seventy percent of Americans agree with him on it and in some of the issues even higher mm. and you're like okay and you've got newsom smiling and smirking yeah i thought because i don't watch any kind of debate based on what i want right right i yeah, I, yeah, I base yeah. it on what will convert the independents who are already and some democrats that are already leaning because the democratic party is so radical mm. and it made it was a a great opportunity because i look at more as this as the republican party yeah making the argument against democrat policies well it's i thought the the greatest opportunity that desantis had and he took full advantage of it uh was to really lay out the difference in policies between republicans and democrats and there is you know, the difference between Florida and, and California is a, is a great example, mostly because of California. I mean, Texas could have done that. Um, you know, I mean, you can you can look at a number of states that aren't California, but it was great in the way that Governor DeSantis delivered it. And that was the, you know, if if I, I guess, underestimated. And uh, I agree with our our uh, our buddy Larry O'Connor at WMAL who tweeted, I'm sorry, posted uh, something to the effect I, I I reposted it, but you know he kind of was skeptical going into this debate, but but DeSantis nailed it. Um, but really, what it demonstrated clearly, and it was a all along it was a great opportunity for that. The moment we heard about it, then at first it was just a rumor. Remember that? It was like, is it actually going to happen? Is it going to happen? Then, you know, they, they scheduled it. But that's, I think, the the great thing right there, that DeSantis was able to deliver. Do I believe DeSantis is going to get the nominee uh, nomination? I, no, I don't think he's going to be the nominee. He has a future, and I think he might have a a stronger run for president in the future, but there is nothing shaking the base of Donald Trump. His base is there. It's not momentum. As you point out, it's not a counter to DeSantis. 
It's not a counter to anybody else on stage, except Chris Christie. And <laughs> and it's it, but it's the the track record and the base that he has had. And then we'll, we'll throw in the assessment of of uh, National Review. It's the indictment, stupid. The, the, the indictments, right. his rise. I mean, you look at the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. History is going to look at that and go, and and people will question: Did Trump actually orchestrate? <laughs> did, he, did, did he call the DOJ and go, "Hey, why don't you guys come over here while I'm out yeah. of town?" And because it, that was kind of that beginning of that, you know, that surge, and you saw it with the fundraising. Um, but the fundraising, as we said, is that's an indication of all right, where are people and the grassroots fundraising from that was huge as it often is with Trump, you're not going to shake his base. They're not going anywhere. He's going to be the nominee unless he decides he's not running. And that's it. Or a health problem. Uh, you know, if there's a health problem. But otherwise, he's the guy. And for DeSantis, you know, the decision has to be made before Super Tuesday, March 5th. Uh, Florida's, you know, on the ballot on Super Tuesday. And as a sitting governor, you don't want to lose your home state in the primary you don't it's not a good look and you don't want to bow out two weeks early you're going to have to make a decision to all right we're going to put the war chest away i'm going to focus on being a governor and keep doing what i'm doing and then maybe in 28 or whenever it is um you know we come back around i think i i do believe that DeSantis will someday be president of the united states i think he will I and I don't make these type of, of predictions, but, you know, normally, unless Republicans are able to solve all the problems in the next four or five years. And there's which, nothing to battle for. Yeah. Which isn't going to happen. <laughs> no, <that's>... You know, <laughs> there's. <laughs> yes. And California is going to go red. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, you know, it's. It gets back to what we've always said. You want to win a debate? Focus on those five or six issues and pound them. That you know that actually, I'll say sixty-five to seventy-five percent of Americans agree on. Yeah. Right yeah. now. Yeah. And and look at the 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 Biden administration and and so I actually think this yesterday was more of except for it hurt Newsom. Oh, for sure. It, it, it hurt Newsom yeah. with independence. Yeah. Um, but I don't think you and I've said this before. Newsom, because he lives in the bubble of California mm -hmm. and getting the pat, pat on the back all the time, he believes that, I think he believes that California is doing things right yeah. and he can convince the rest of the country that, and he's just going, oh, the polls be damned. I mean, right. I, I don't believe him. Right. Because everybody tells me in California, right. we're doing the right thing. Exactly. He's living in the bubble of California. He also, I think, does not have a lot of self-awareness as to what's going on. Otherwise, yeah. I wouldn't have done the debate. Well, it's it's interesting because I, I said to myself, why? Right? For DeSantis, it's clear. He's running. Right. And it's a chance for him to be on a stage against a blue governor the blue governor if you think about it and 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 set out the differences but also without all the other gop primary contenders that was an opportunity yes. where he could be up there without nikki haley without chris christie without any of the others and he could have you know and and, and 
have a counterpoint. And he also took advantage of, of going after Biden. It wasn't all, most of it was, uh, about California. But the leftist policies, obviously, of course, apply to uh, Joe Biden. And with this, uh, with uh, Newsom, look, he could easily play, until it's his time, the thing he's been playing since he's been governor. Listen, I'm not... I'm not going to run. I'm going to focus on California and all due respect to Governor DeSantis. I don't have time for debates. I'm working on California as we're going to do every day as long as I'm governor, blah, 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 and stay out of it because this did not help him at all. It hurt. Yeah, I I, I think he hurt himself so bad that Rand Paul had to give him the Heimlich. Eight six six ninety red eye this report is brought to you by Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Cold temperatures and water can lead to only one outcome, and ice has no place in a truck's air system. That's why it's crucial to keep your air system moisture-free as the temperatures begin to drop. One of the simplest and most cost-effective ways to keep moisture out of your air system is to change your air dryer desiccant cartridge. This should be changed as recommended by the manufacturer or annually as part of your preventive maintenance routine and preparation for winter. Make sure your air system is in top condition before plunging temperatures put it to the test. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed. Brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. Bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. More from uh, the debate last night. So I was talking to a fella who had made the move from California uh, to Florida, and he was telling me that Florida is much better governed, uh, safer, better budget, uh, lower taxes, all this stuff. And he's really happy with the quality of life. And then he paused and he said, you oh, know, by the way, I'm Gavin Newsom's father-in-law. So we do count 
Gavin's in-laws as some of the people that have fled California um, and come to the state of Florida. The comment from, yeah. comment from actor James Wood. Woods, it's a blessing for DeSantis that California doesn't enforce criminal laws anymore because he murdered Newsom tonight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that is that is true. I mean, it just wasn't good at there was there was not a good moment for Newsom. There wasn't. When uh, Sean said goodnight, that was a good moment by comparison because it was there. And, you you know, you have to ask yourself. What I wonder, was anything learned by the Newsom campaign, which technically doesn't exist, <laughs> but we talk about the blue bubble. You've got to step out of the blue bubble, and it's not like social media. He can go back and forth on social media with Greg Abbott, with DeSantis, with you know anybody else, but... You've got to get on a debate stage and defend your state, defend your record, defend your positions, defend the issues that you have helped bring to the surface. And it was horrible. And I just wonder, testing the waters, you know, putting your toe in, this would make me never want to swim again. It was horrible. And I don't know if... A Gavin Newsom who, as you said, can just lie while he's smiling, you know, and is all slick. I don't know if he learns anything from it. I don't know if you can ever break the effect of that blue bubble he lives in. That delusional state where he thinks everything is fine. Nothing is wrong. It's all working in California. It'll be interesting to watch. Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. You can listen when and where you want. Here's more from the debate last night. When I was in the Navy, I got orders to go to Naval Amphibious Base Coronado in Southern California. And I was a lifeline Floridian, but I went there and I was like, man, this is one of the most beautiful places on Earth. And I think California has more natural advantages than any state in the country. You almost have to try to. Governor to ever lose population, they actually at one point ran out of U-Hauls in the state of California because so many people were leaving. Of course, he's imposed restrictions on his own people while exempting himself from those restrictions and going to the French laundry while his people were suffering. He led the country in school closures, locking kids out of school while he had his own kids in private school in person. Now, he's very good at spinning these these tales. He's good at, at being slick and slippery. He'll, he'll tell a blizzard of lies to be able to try to mask the failures. But the reality is they have failed because of his leftist ideology. 
And the choice for America is this. What Biden and Harris and Newsom want to do is take the California model and do that nationally. In Florida, we show that conservative principles work. This country must choose freedom over failure. I think that every single Republican running next year should take that as a template. Yep. Yep. Because you, and and for a lot, instead of inserting California, you insert the United States under sure. Biden. Uh, under under Biden. Yeah. And yeah, because you're talking about all the you're talking about all the important issues. You're talking right. about what happened during the, uh, the 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 lockdowns. You're talking about illegal uh, uh, immigration. You're talking about economics. You're talking. Everything is what you're 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 talking about here. And that's why I frame this more as a a Republican versus Democrat debate uh, instead of uh, a presidential candidate mm-hmm. who is way behind uh, Trump and a candidate and a Democratic candidate who's been running a stealth campaign yeah. uh, against Biden. And yeah. Yeah. And like I said, so there's great lessons to be learned as to uh, what to do. Well, and here's the thing. This is hard to do. But tonight, by comparison, after this, Biden came away looking better than Newsom. And that's hard. Mainly because Biden wasn't on the stage. Anesthetics is everything when you're on a stage. But... It's because you look at it and and they see Newsom as the future. The Democrats see, well, people like Newsom. <laughs> Actually, they might be reassessing that right now. Or or maybe not. Maybe they're living in a blue bubble going, ah, it was Sean Hannity. Ah, who cares? Ah, it doesn't mean anything. Ah, it wasn't a real debate. I don't know. Yeah, but if I was a Democrat, I would want to watch it because, oh, yeah. because if you saw I think so. if you saw when Newsom was on with Hannity, Hannity was weak mm-hmm. in asking him questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I on thought it, the one-on-one between right the Newsom one-on-one. And, you and you and I yeah. played audio cuts from yep. that when yep. that happened and said, "Sean, you got to do better." Yep. And yeah. so you look at it and you're just like, "Wow!" I mean, there were so many openings that when and this goes back what a month, two months ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when he had ago, when yeah. he had Newsom on, when they talked about this is when they talked about have you know would you debate uh, you know DeSantis or whatever? Right. I think that right. came up, and and so. Um, uh, but I think it, I think it didn't you know, look it was and I love the fact that Governor DeSantis, you know, brought brought up Biden, brought up the Democrats, brought up the policies of the left, uh, because, as you point out, this really ultimately and this is where I think everybody wanted it to go. It ended up being a. Left versus right on policies and the effects, the realities of those policies, what happens when you put them into motion. Look, this, the scenario in, in California can't be denied. The streets of San Francisco can't be denied either. No, you can't. When when right. Biden was cracking jokes about it, I think that was, by the way, also a horrible move for them to have the Xi meeting in San Francisco. But then, on top of that, Biden's making jokes about them cleaning up the city. It, it's It was... It's a it's right now. I don't think it could be worse for the Democrats. But it's going to be on the GOP to point out. As as you mentioned, you know, in part, use the points here made by Governor DeSantis over and over again. We've talked over the years 
the expansion of an economy. We should be making things. We should be building things. We talked about that with Trump in 2020. I build things for a living. This country was founded on building things. It's We're the best in the world at it. Let's get back to building things. Let's build our economy strong. Let's expand the wealth for everybody so everybody has well, greater that's, buying that's power. the advice that we gave him in, yep, in 2020. 2020, and he didn't follow. Didn't take it. No. And there's the problem. You can have a situation where, man, Newsom just got raked over the coals. But it requires more than that. It requires every day making the points and campaigning and talking to people the way you know how to talk to people. I've seen them do it. I've seen Trump do it. And that's the only thing I would say if I were Trump. It's the only thing I would say in 24. Look, I build things. As a country, we build things. Let's build the economy back. Let's make it affordable again for families to not have to worry about going to the grocery store or making a choice between paying the light bill and buying groceries. Let's do away with these mandates. If the private sector comes up with something on EVs or solar power or whatever one day, we'll know it because we'll all be rushing out to buy it without any mandate in place. Got this uh, email from uh, Mary Beth. Unlike you, I don't believe DeSantis will ever be president. Doesn't explain why. Mm. He could have been Trump's vice president and locked in 2028, but he took the money. Uh, oh, well, I was surprised to hear you predict that he would be president someday. I thought you never made predictions. No, I don't make specific election. Uh, yeah, how uh, an races, election is going to How an election will right. come out. That's yeah. No, I we, we, we look at the future and say, for example, we... Uh, we look at uh, and and say EVs aren't going to work, right? Uh, you know, because the American public doesn't want it. Mm-hmm. What we don't do is make specific uh, predictions on elections in a particular mm-hmm. race. So right. I hope you understand that. As to DeSantis was never going to. I mean, you're in a dream world if you thought DeSantis was ever going to tie himself uh, to a uh, Trump. Right. What you're right. what you are what you are assuming is that Trump. Number one, DeSantis was never going to sit out this election, and then in May, Trump was going to say, I want DeSantis to be my vice president. That right. wasn't going to happen yeah, yeah. to begin with. Yeah. So uh, to think that, I don't know where you're coming from. And to say that DeSantis will never run for president, that's your prediction. I don't, uh, I, I don't know how you come to that conclusion mm-hmm. that he won't run again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I believe he will run again, and I believe that if he does run, he depending on who the Democratic candidate is and depending what the issues are, uh, that, um, you know, I guess my, my point is I believe he'll be the nominee someday. Oh, yeah. I Republican absolutely nominee, you know. do believe so that. Whether he'll win a specific election, I can't tell you at mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. And I do that based on the fact that his tone was perfect. Yeah. His tone was great. Right. Uh, he wasn't shaken. But the biggest thing is he had all the issues behind him. Everything, yep. all the, and that's, and again, I'm not looking at this as this incredible victory. I'm like, well, finally, somebody did it. Somebody yep. took the five or six issues out there that slam mm-hmm. dunk mm-hmm. and threw it back in their face. Yep. And I don't care if it was Newsom or Biden. I will say this, though. I, I just don't believe that you look at this and you're a Democrat and you say, God, if that was Biden up there, 
it would have been a billion oh, times worse. It would have been horrible. Biden can't debate. Yeah. That's the one thing after I watched this, I said, and there's been a couple of stories because the presidential debate commission's out there, and it's like, eh, a lot of people suspecting there's not going to be a debate because Biden isn't going to want to debate. No. And if Biden's no. not going to want to debate, no. Trump will then challenge him. But I don't know if Trump, depending if he's in the middle of a whatever court case, would want to debate. Yep. Right. You know, so, but I just think. And I Democrats, don't know that Trump has to. Now, Trump could say. No, every, I don't. Yeah. Every debate, he could say, I yield my time to my opponent. <laughs> well that you we've already said that that would be a great thing but you know I, i'm not going to say anything i'll let him just go on yeah. i yield all my time yeah, let's give him this more is, time this to is answer. unprecedented oh, man oof. Oh, oh, oof. <laughs> this is unprecedented yeah this is the greatest thing that's ever happened in a debate i am giving the opposition i'm giving biden all of my time exactly you know and that's you know that's my point on tonight you know based on this debate newsom came away looking worse than biden and that's hard to do but biden can't get on a debate stage and you know i pointed that out the main reason is because biden wasn't there um aesthetics are everything and for a sitting president you if you don't have that confidence and he doesn't have any it's it's over and you can no longer get away and i think you know we're seeing that uh, tonight, you can no longer get away with the arrogant uh, confidence that many Democrats have used to lie through their teeth repeatedly and think you're going to win. You can in California as governor. But this was more of a national stage tonight, and that's the difference that we've been talking about. You step out of that blue bubble, you're going to learn. I don't know if he's going to learn anything, but you should <laughs> he should come away with some things like, okay, I'm going to quit pretending like I'm running for president. And I'm going to, I'm going to go back to being the governor for a minute. Biden is not going to step down. His arrogance and ego will not let him step down. That ain't going to happen. And so, you know, it's, it's now on the GOP to get out there. But the problem is, is that it's, the fact that this was refreshing coming from DeSantis is not necessarily a good thing. Everyone in the GOP should be doing that every day. And the fact that they can't focus on that and they're focused on other things is part of the problem. A big part of the problem. And Democrats know this. Uh, there was the article the other day about... All these long-term Democrats, you know, in the House where they're going to stay put because they got name recognition. The The party wants them to stay put. They're not going anywhere. And they can keep those seats. And the GOP is struggling. All right, what are we going to do? What if uh, McCarthy decides he doesn't want to stay in and he gets out soon before his term is up? Uh, you know, what do you do with Santos in, in uh, New York? You know, and whittling away at that margin, slim margin in the House. And it's not going to be, if they win the Senate next year, it's not going to be a well, large margin I, there. I think they're panicking. What happened in the Senate yesterday, it was really interesting. It went on. We can't play the whole thing because it went mm. on and on and on and on and on. Yeah. We'll yeah. try to get an audio cut uh, on it where uh, uh, the uh, the uh, 
the the Democrats were uh, going to subpoena witnesses or not witnesses uh, uh, a couple of uh, uh, friends of uh, of Clarence Thomas. Yeah, and yeah. they just did it. They wouldn't allow the Republicans all to speak, mm-hmm. and the Republicans went nuts yeah. on it and said, "You're going to regret doing this." You were they already said you know that uh, you do this, we're going to subpoena so many people. Yep, you're not going to believe it when we get. We get back in charge. It's going to be unbelievable. What and the and the House has already threatened to do that. Yeah, uh, too. Right. But I think that's an act of de- desperation because nobody's really paying attention. That isn't a, that isn't an issue that's going to change the election next year mm. uh, when it comes to um, when it comes to uh, the influence of the of the Supreme Court because you can't make an accusation that Clarence Thomas voted against what he believes. Right. Right. Yeah, they're, and, you, yeah, you can't you you can't make that case. No. And the fact that they're doing this shows the desperation that they can't win on any issue out there right now. I saw that as an act of de- desperation from the the Democrats, and I hope the Republicans look at it the same way because it is. And it's also part of the continuation of their their uh, identity politics, going after again, and they have been with with Clarence Thomas for a long time, but going after a black conservative over and over again. Yep. 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. So much to uh, talk about. Lots going on in Congress yesterday. There was a, a hearing on the weaponization of the uh, the federal government. That was interesting because Michael Schellenberger was on there. You got Dan Goldman. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean that 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 back and forth was yeah. really really interesting because mm-hmm. Goldman's you know trying to insinuate that the 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 hard drive of the laptop of Hunter's laptop. Uh, was you know was manipulated in some way, right. yeah. and he has no evidence to right. prove it. Just make and, it up. And Schellenberger's just you know blowing it back and go. Well, that's a conspiracy theory from your point. Right. You've got no evidence of right. that at all. Right. And the interesting thing is, you had all Democrats, not all Democrats, but you had Democrats that were witnesses against Democrats. Yeah. Wow. Top of the hour news is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Welcome to the Friday show. Made it to December. Finally. Finally. 
All right, so uh, just want to play another audio cut here from uh, the debate last night because this is, again, where Newsom hurt himself. And the uh, I, I was uh, watching uh, some analysis from some of the local news stations in California. Mm. There's one in San Francisco that I was watching that said, we went to watch parties, one Republican, one Democrat. Okay. And I went, well, that's useless. Yeah. And I didn't even get past the part where they went to the Democrats and it was basically just the generic stuff. Yeah. You know, he's a Trump. He, they weren't talking about the issues. Right. And and I'm like, that's not what this is about. None. Any election is not about your base. Right. It's about converting those not in your base. It is about converting independence. We know. All the polls have shown it that there is a movement of Democrats even to be willing to be independents and consider a Republican candidate. Mm. We know that. The polls are universal in showing that that is happening. And so your job is to convince the independents that they should vote for you, or that you're credible. This coming out of Newsom's mouth here, because mm. Sean Hannity asked them three questions on Biden's presidency. I can guarantee you <laughs> the majority of independents did not buy Gavin Newsom's answers. Mm-hmm. Here we go. So uh, I would like both of you to give a grade to Joe Biden overall as president Governor Newsom, a, I'll give A. An A, absolutely. Governor DeSantis. Been a master failed. And a failure. Yeah. Okay. Now, that's your Now, number two, president. are his policies helping or hurting your individual states? Is it helping the state of Florida? The inflation is hurting our state big time. <laughs> Grade. Uh, fail. He failed. Yeah. He's failed what on the economy. The guy just took is it helping the state of California? From the science and, and tech act. Thank you, Joe Biden. Uh, it's absolutely accelerating our dominance in manufacturing, accelerating our revitalization. Okay, that was state. a simple the answer. answer. Unequivocally. Lastly. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. I will ask you, Governor DeSantis. Um, I have played over and over again, and Governor Newsom, you have seen over and over again. Um, Joe Biden is experienced what I believe to be significant cognitive decline. And in other words, it's the toughest job in the world. Is Joe Biden experiencing this uh, cognitive decline? Is it a danger to the country? Do you find when he speaks, what is your reaction to it? Yes, he's in decline. Yes, it's a danger to the country. He has no business running for president. And, you know, Gavin Newsom agrees with that. He won't say that. That's why he's running his shadow campaign. Uh, He should not be running. Uh, He is not up to the job. uh, And it is dangerous for this country. Well, I'll take I will take Joe Biden at 100 versus Ron DeSantis any day of the week. All right. So there you go. Is DeSantis credible to an independent with those answers? No. Uh, what do you, when I saw that, I went, oh, not only is he not credible, that's gaslighting. Mm. Because Newsom knows he's lying. The audience knows he's lying. And he's saying it with such confidence as if, oh, come on. Of course he is. That's what gaslighting is. Mm hmm. What are you talking about? Of course he is. How could you even think that Mm -hmm. when the vast majority of Americans think that? Yeah. 
and that's a problem. Yeah, that's, you know, it's a, it's, it's the worst attempt at selling, well, since the Biden administration did it earlier in the day. Trying to sell this economy right now to people who are suffering is um, spitting into the wind. Or whatever they do on the streets of San Francisco. Over and over again, you can't defend this economy. You can't defend what's going on right now with with Biden without lying. You can't do it. And Newsom's arrogance comes through over and over again. Uh, and and here's the thing. When, when you say that, and people of all states, think about it. California, number one for poverty. Cost of living, astronomical. And of all states... The governor's telling the people of California, those middle-class family, the elitists may not be feeling it as hard, but they're also feeling it. There is a difference. Everybody feels inflation. And when their governor's standing on that stage going, oh, no, it's, everything's great. It's fine. In a place where prices are higher than the rest exactly. of the country. Yeah, the cost of living. It's my cost whole point. Living, yep. It's, ga- it's of all yeah. states. To have the governor on a stage saying that with a smirk, that's a slap in the face. I was reading here uh, uh, Ron Blahar from National Review stating what I think uh, a lot of Republicans and what a lot of people uh, uh, thought. He said, my, um, uh, let, me, let, me, let me just get it here. I, I, I have a, a stapler in the way. He said, my primary takeaway from the debate is that Gavin Newsom clearly seems to have overestimated his abilities. I have long been concerned about him as a national threat, given Joe Biden's weakness and Kamala's unacceptability. And while I walked into this debate resigned to its ultimate meaninglessness, I had trouble when I said that before. It's not that hard of a word, Gary. I remain convinced of that, at least in terms of of the 2024 Republican primary, I also have expected DeSantis to falter, appearing sour and unlikable while he was overwhelmed by Newsom's charms. I'm sure Trump partisans will confidently announce this occurred regardless, uh, but it did not because the contest focused on California's record specifically versus Florida's. Ron DeSantis came as prepared as I've ever seen anyone for a political debate in recent years, and delivered a rather surprising thrashing to Newsom. He was as relentless as a jackhammer when it came to comparing facts between both states and deployed his factoids with real skill and timing with a tone that generally did not seem misplaced. Though neither governor looked good when talking over one another, (laughs) Newsom was aggressive about it, frequently talking over Hannity as well, which won't earn him uh, any criticisms from his intended audience. Mm. Newsom seems not to have thought that he was going to be seriously challenged, inconceivable in parentheses, Mm -hmm. or was particularly determined to brazenly lie, uh, elude facts, and cherry-pick in his attempts at both defense and offense. 
a number of times it was clear he was intentionally doing Trump's dirty work, levying uh, uh, factually uh, absurd attacks, excuse me, facially absurd attacks at DeSantis like he was the lockdown governor. Hmm. Imagine this attack from Gavin Newsom (laughs) that nevertheless echoed talking points from Trump. But most of the time he was on the defensive. California's record is notably difficult to defend in recent years, especially in this setting, and he seemed unprepared to do anything except either badly lie about statistics displayed on screen or employ clumsy defeat. His sleight of hand on California's murder rate versus Florida's was a great example. Hannity literally displayed California's murder rate versus Florida, and Newsom proceeded to simply pretend that the statistics did not exist and instead tried to pretend Florida was worse in California because of gun murder rates. DeSantis was having none of it and pointed out just how ridiculous of a dodge it was. Then he said that DeSantis, considering pardons for people accused of crimes on January 6th, was an equally as important public safety issue as armed robbery, rape, and murder. One wonders what Newsom's strategy was supposed to be. Perhaps he was not expecting such toughly framed questions, but what kind of fool walks into a debate with Sean Hannity on Fox News uh, on air, live, not expecting to get hit with all your state's most damning statistics? He's not going to be uh, typically neutral, uh, a, a typically neutral moderator, and lying brazenly and trying to jaw over everyone, including Hannity, wasn't going to sell. Maybe he was instead seeking to demonstrate to national Democrats how unafraid he is to walk into the lion's den and just completely stick to talking points, Now, no matter how much an honest man might otherwise want to flinch. Uh, After all, a moderator for NPR and NBC isn't going to confront Newsom with uncomfortable facts in the same way or call him on his most outrageous howlers. He succeeded in that at least, but he lost not only on the merits, but on his stage presence and charisma as well. But his hair was immaculate. Well, Jeffy Blahar, National Review, which I th- think is quite accurate from. Sure. And, and but asking the question, how could you not be prepared to be hit? It, again, you're walking on a stage on the Sean Hannity show on Fox News against Governor DeSantis. How could you not be prepared to be hit with all that? Because you live in that blue bubble. Now, I will say this. Every debate. You're trying to convince the independents. Hmm. But in this one, because you're not going to, uh, uh, DeSantis is not going to convince any number of Republicans that's going to close his lead significantly against Trump. Mm -hmm. Because everybody knows where he stands to begin with. Mm -hmm. I do look at Newsom and say, was Newsom only trying to play to the Democratic base? Did he say because obviously he couldn't win independence with anything that he did last night at all? 
yeah. even on the abortion issue. Yeah. When asked, DeSantis went right back and argued that effectively, stating, you're for abortion till birth, aren't you? Come on, you won't answer the question. You're for abortion till birth. Mm. And and so that wasn't really a big issue in the debate at all. Right. Yeah. Because they don't want to answer that question because they know the majority of Americans view that as being radical. Right. And so uh, DeSantis, I, you know, I, or was he just not prepared? Am I w- putting way too much in there saying, well, oh, he's trying to show? Because you didn't show, to me, he didn't show the Democratic base that he was ready. Well, there is that. And, and, but when you live in the blue bubble and, and, and of California and you're adored by the majority of people in your state all the time, does it have you at that point where you think that you're always prepared to talk the issues? When's Maybe, the, yeah. It, this is the first time Gavin Newsom has stepped outside on a debate stage outside California. It's the first time. And he wasn't prepared. And I think at least part of that has to do with that blue bubble effect. It's where he lives. He thinks everything's fine. He's not affected by it. You've got a recall challenge? Okay, I'll win that too. Then you step outside the state and you get it handed to you by DeSantis. 86690 red eye Brought to you by FPPF, Fuel Power Max. Smart owner-operators make every single week as profitable as possible. One trip is not enough time to be considered profitable or unprofitable, and an entire month may be too much time to manage. One week is the right amount of time to deal with efficiently. To do so, look at the advantages and disadvantages of every day of the week. Match trip length to the optimum day of the week. Plan to deliver on the day you have the best opportunity of getting a load. Your personal weekly plan will vary depending on the weekly delivery flow cycle of your region, typical length of haul, personal requirements, and other factors. What's important is to have a specific weekly plan that helps you be successful. Brought to you by Shell Rotella. With advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Hey, Trudeau Radio, he's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. They uh, debated the radical transgender movement. Here we go. All right. Ethnic studies where they're dividing people. That's what they're doing. But let me just say something about parents' rights, because he says California respects parents' rights. This is rich. He's been telling a lot of whoppers tonight. This may be the biggest. In California, if you're a parent in Iowa or New Hampshire or South Carolina, your minor child can go to California without your knowledge or without your consent and get hormone therapy, puberty blockers, and a sex change operation 
all without you knowing or consenting. How in the heck is that well, you know what? honoring parents' rights when you're bringing people from out of state to go around their parents' backs and getting life-altering surgeries? That is radical. That you know, is Ron, extreme. These kids that is an assault on live. parents' rights. You know what? Ron, it's not for is, you to decide. These, it's for the what? parents to it's decide. The, you know what? And the these parents do not want their kids survive. going to these other honestly, things. Let me these go kids to a follow-up. Let me, let me stay on a follow-up. Let's turn to, to the issue of Where's education. Your decency and humanity Let's, and grace when it comes to decency of taking, ripping Attacking somebody away. Gentlemen, gentlemen, please. Nobody can hear you. That is wrong. That is wrong. All right. That should not stand in this country. Let us turn, gentlemen, if I may. The interesting thing there is when DeSantis was halfway through it, Gavin Newsom wasn't smirking or smiling. No, he wasn't. And then and then you heard him try and say, these kids just want to live there. Right. Basically saying, oh, no, we're OK. He's admitting he's yep. proud of the fact that parents shouldn't be a part of it, according to him. That's insane. That is the radical left. Yeah. He may actually, and in that point, and, and I actually, now I heard it and I understood it. And I mm -hmm. think most people did, mm -hmm. but I, I wish that, uh, because that was De DeSantis's time. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so he was, uh, you, you had, uh, Newsom cutting into it, but mm -hmm. I wish they would have given him 15 seconds to say that. And then, Go yeah, back to right, DeSantis yeah. and go, exactly what I mean. This is yeah. how radical these people exactly. are, right. that the child gets to decide right. and not the parent. Thank right. you so much, Mr. Right. Newsom. The children are in control, according to him, and the parents have no say in it. Yeah. You just heard it. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, but these are the things that you're not going to win. Newsom doesn't win that except with the radicals and most of america looks at that and says my gosh i wonder how many people learned that from desantis actually saying it and i'm sitting here looking at the picture right now the entire setup and there's the you know the big big sign red versus blue state debate yeah because red versus blue state debate is also red versus blue yeah national debate exactly and that's why I think it was important because it was a it was a great lesson to Republicans that you if you stick to the issues and yep. you pound yep. on the issues that America already agrees with you uh, with. Yep. There isn't a Democrat you can beat because remember, Newsom is viewed as the top Democrat with no one else even close. Consider yourself canceled if you don't listen nightly. Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want. Uh, if you can't listen live overnight on one of our great, great uh, radio stations. 
So, yeah, I, I think it, you have to, to note that. And I think Democrats look at it and Democrats will probably come out of last night saying, Whew, we have problems. But yeah, yeah. if Newsom runs against Trump and debates Trump, that's a different. Well, stage. we believe that Trump won't stay on topic like right. Yeah. He'll be all over the place mm-hmm. that if it's well, I mean, that the Democrats hopes are based on the fact that the American public will not hear a coherent message from the Republicans. So I'm not just throwing Trump in there. I'm throwing everybody in there. Mm -hmm. And that, yeah, can beat Biden because Biden can't communicate anything, and he's getting worse every single day. But Newsom, they believe, can beat Biden. But I think, or excuse me, Newsom can beat Trump. This is what Democrats believe. They think he can. They think he can. But I think after last last night, they don't believe that he could beat Newsom or he could beat uh, DeSantis. Right. And there's, you know, and and there's the scenario because Biden's not going to drop out unless it's for health reasons. And if that's the case, how is it not Kamala Harris? Unless she just says, I don't want to run. But I think the what I what I got out of it is the fact that remember. And I think you're going to see a lot of this written by conservatives yesterday that were initially scared or wondering whether uh, Newsom, not on the issues, but just style alone. Because obviously you cannot win on the issues, but you can win if you keep the Republicans, they believe, and... and uh, I think it's a mindset that exists out there in Democrats and Republicans. You can beat Republicans if you can stick maybe just to abortion and keep them from repeating over and over again yeah. the four or five or six things that most of them have to do with economics and how people are you know doing right now. Mm. You know the the uh, plus uh, the border um, uh, foreign relations, but right now the American public is fo- focused on domestic issue which is the cost of goods and services Mm -hmm. and that's where you can destroy the democrats but if the democrats can deflect deflect off that and keep the and the republicans sabotage themselves which they've been very successful in doing oh yeah sure that's what they believe last night though probably put the fear of god into democrats going my god we can't argue we can't argue our platform well, it's I'll tell you if things if nothing changes and Biden is the nominee and does not drop out they see the numbers already. We're seeing it in the polls. And those first few polls it turns out weren't outliers. And neither is the running uh daily civics polling on on approval for Biden which is dropping. And it's those, how many points has it dropped in the last month? Is it like eight points? Because it was at 13 for the longest time. Let me see what it is this morning. It's 21 now. Yeah. Minus 21. Yeah, 56 disapproved, 35 approved. They're, you know, those things, that's the reality. And Kamala Harris doesn't help that. She might be even worse if she were to be the nominee, if, she, if uh, Biden were to drop out for health reasons. So if that doesn't happen, then you look at what? You look at 2028. Now your scenario is what? 
the likelihood of DeSantis versus Newsom. And the Democratic Party looks at that and has to be thinking after tonight, I don't know how we do this. Because if you, if we go through 24 and nothing changes, Trump is the nominee and he beats Biden. Well, he's got one term and depending on who his, his veep is, we'll see who that is and they're going to run, but you might have a challenger, who knows, against them. But somebody has to step up for the Democrats in 28. Newsom was the guy. They were hoping, they were putting all of it into Newsom. Whether they said it out loud and admitted it or not, they were. And they have been for several years. Yeah, they. when you look at it, we said he has the look. Mm-hmm. He has the look. He has the young look. As we say, he has the Pat Riley's uh, slick back 80s look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the uh, former coach of the Lakers. <laughs> Every time I see him, I go, oh, yeah, he's... He's got his early 90s Pat mm-hmm. Riley look, mm-hmm. uh, but and he's got those he's got those uh, formerly Biden chiclet teeth. Mm-hmm. And and we as we said, and that is since imagery. Can win an election. That was the fear because Republicans looked at it and said they've got nobody else. Mm-hmm. That's it. The best that the Democrats can do is Gavin Newsom. And he got smoked last night by DeSantis, who the Democrats look at. Well, DeSantis may do well in Florida, but he's getting smoked by Trump. So we're not really worried about him. Well, he just smoked your top candidate. There's nobody close. Tell me anybody. Who is the person who was a close second to Newsom in the Democratic Party? I can't tell you who that I is. I can't tell I you who it is. Doesn't exist. May- Mayor Brandon, is he going to step up to the national stage? I There's don't a disaster think so. in the making. I don't think Mayor so. Adams of New York? Nope. He's I got a whole so. load of problems he's dealing with. Um, no, I don't know who that would be. That's why, and I said it and started talking about Newsom years ago. And said, eventually, he's going to run. And and I and I pointed to him then and said, he's the guy, he's the the one guy that you know on image that the Democrats want to run. They want that kind of imagery. And I said it repeatedly. And then he, he kept saying, no, 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 no. And then all of a sudden, he's he's running this shadow campaign. And just hit a wall and that wall's name is DeSantis oh, just big you know big time uh I what I did like was DeSantis kept repeating this is radical and then explained why it's radical exactly yeah, yeah. and yeah and the problem with the Democrats I'll use the word that we use because when you look at a lot of the different things the radical transgender movement uh the way they wish you know uh boys to, to play against girls men to play against uh, uh, women, the whole concept that if a man says he's a uh, a a woman, then he is a woman and mm-hmm. a biological woman. Mm-hmm. I had that debate uh, a week ago with the the gentleman I was flying with, uh, who was uh, saying, "Well, well, no, 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 no." And what they're saying is uh, gender is different. I go, "You haven't been following this. It's no longer gender is different than sex. 
And the proof of that is they want men to compete against women. Mm -hmm. So men and women are the same if the man says, so that's why he just sat there and looked at me with a blank stare. It's, you know, obviously didn't do his homework, but you can't do any homework on that one. But the, the Democrats are looking for somebody who looks sane, promoting insane ideas. Yeah. Because they believe and the, the things that they believe, the issues that they believe, the things that they're talking about, the gaslighting, the border is fine. Uh, the economy is doing a, 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 a great uh, in inflation is the our, our company's faults. You know, everything that you hear from uh, Biden, Biden comes across as cognitively. Not normal. And the rest of them, with their screaming and yelling, uh, it's like, okay, you've got radical people promoting radical ideas. I'll take it. A, I'll, I'll go hyperbole one step above. They're per, the insane are promoting insane ideas. Yeah. Because who would promote such incredible? You have to be. You people look at it. Go, you have to be insane to say a man is a woman. Right. And so what they're looking for is somebody who doesn't look insane to promote insane ideas. The only one that exists is Newsom. Yep. I wonder how many Democrats, because earlier I was asking and I was thinking about independents that were learning about children being able to go to California and and get that. Uh, treatment and surgery without the consent of their parents. And I was thinking independence when I was asking that question. I wonder how many people learned that. I wonder how many Democrats rank and file learned that from DeSantis saying it. Now, if you're paying attention, you should already know this. But there's the line that they cross, as we've said since the beginning. You're going to war with the parents. That point that DeSantis made was California versus the parents, not California versus Florida. Yeah. And that's a line and a war you won't win. And that blue bubble, they may be able to get it done. You bring that to the national stage, you've got a whole new fight from the parents of America. And that's where we are. The radical reality is hitting the wall repeatedly, or the fan, as the case may be. <laughs> and in conclusion, that's what I think you got last night. What yeah. you got last night is showing how to debate the best that the Democrats have. Point out that's the best they have. Point out the reality of their of their policies, and you win every time. Point well, out the radical positions, you win every time. Yeah, the best they have, unless Spartacus decides to run again. Well, <laughs> wow, <laughs> haven't heard from him in a while. I know where is Cory Booker. Somebody check and, on Cory Booker. And and we'll see if the if the Trump campaign learns something from it instead of and I don't know, I, I haven't checked through social to see if 
you know, but if, if Trump comes out and says, Newsom smoked him last night, mm-hmm. that doesn't help. Doesn't it, it doesn't help his campaign. Doesn't hurt him if a lot, Newsom, but it doesn't. If he says Newsom smoked him. Right. That that Newsom won the debate? Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Newsom. Yeah. If he says even because if, if he says you, DeSantis if you, won it, that that's not going to help him either. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if he if he's because he he came out, I mean, the true social statement beforehand just pounded on DeSantis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pounded on him. Right. And, yeah, or you and, just ign- I, I my advice would be just ignore, ignore it. it. Yeah. You weren't on the stage, don't worry about it. Doesn't mean anything. It wasn't an official debate. Move on. Yeah. And the media isn't going to stay on it long. No. No. The mainstream media no. isn't going to stay on it. You may no, you may have not. some conservative outlets, you know, as for example, state what we stated, this is a template that you need. Mm-hmm. And and it not just for Trump in a general election, mm-hmm. but for everybody running for Congress and the Senate. Oh, yeah. That's the template. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you do if you wish to win, not just win, but dominate. Yep. Because he dominated last night over Newsom. Yeah, and, and to, it wasn't to, even close. To the point where you see a lot of conservatives. I saw it was Harold Ford Jr., the Democrat, mm. on Fox going, wow, DeSantis was just, you know. Impressive. Impressive. Yeah. The other thing is, you think about this. When Newsom came out and said he'd, you know, that Biden at one hundred would be better oh my than DeSantis. Gosh. I mean, stop talking. I know it's like you need to shut because up because your whole party is saying he's too old. I know your whole party. The vast majority. He's no, clueless. Landslide numbers of Democrats don't yes, believe that. That's what, that's that's what I mean. <laughs> your whole party believes he's too old, and you're saying, "Oh no, I'd vote for him at a hundred. Stop talking. <laughs> 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. All right, it's a Friday show. We got so much to uh, to uh, cover. Things that we didn't bring up during the week. We've got more uh, audio uh, on uh, on the way from things that happened in uh, uh, Congress uh, uh, yesterday. Uh, Dan Goldman going back and forth with Michael Schellenberger yesterday, saying that the using the conspiracy theory that yeah. how do you know that the the uh, the hard drive wasn't, you know, wasn't, yeah, wasn't wasn't uh, manipulated, right. Because there's no evidence of it, right? And even the major liberal media has right. said that it's legit, right? If that's if that's the best they have there, that's not good either, right? Goldman really isn't great at debating that issue. No, he's not. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio 
Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. Good morning. Thanks Hello. for being here. Thank you. Thank you. December. Yeah, we made it. And finally. Sitting here looking at uh, this is an editorial yesterday. This is really interesting is why it's tough to predict elections, uh, you know, this far out. Mm. Uh, uh, this uh, would have been, okay, two days ago they actually had this. Uh, I'm just trying to get through everything we didn't, <laughs> we didn't get to during the week. Mm. Some stuff that's really interesting to, to look at. Uh, and it was a Wall Street Journal editorial. Many more voters with guns. Black households with firearms have gone up 17 points wow. since 2019. Mm. More than half of American voters say they or someone in their household owns a gun, according to a poll by NBC News. That's the highest level since its polls uh, uh, began asking it in 1999. Yeah. And then they write here, this is the best part, after progressives drove up firearm ownership with policies that are soft on violent crime, they can't figure out why their gun control ideas fail to pass. A share of the, the share of voters with a firearm in households is 52%, up from 46% in 2019, and 42% in 2013. A partisan split is evident. Gun households now include 66% of Republicans, 45% of independents, and 41% of Democrats. This is no surprise in part because rural areas tilt right, and that's where hunting is a family event. Mm. And bears might be prowling the woods. Yep. Got to be prepared. Notable, though, is the numbers are increasing the fastest on the left. That's interesting. Remember at the beginning of uh, the Trump administration? And there were liberals going out and buying guns. And they were citing, well, you know, the whole, look, this is, we, fascism, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh, you mean you're going to practice your right because you're afraid of a tyrannical government? Yeah, that that was the, (laughs) that was a beautiful part of it. For years, they were saying, you're just ridiculous. We don't have a tyrannical government. There's no way we're going to have a tyrannical. And as soon as Trump became president, that was the reason they gave for going out and getting guns. Yeah. And by the way, we said, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, we we, we, we didn't have it. As long as you're doing it lawfully. Yeah, we, sure. we, we didn't have it. But if that's the reason, yeah. that's okay. No, in fact, I, I encourage that for anybody yes. who feels comfortable with becoming a gun owner. A lot of people don't. It's interesting to see the 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 change, though. And I talked about, you know, a couple of liberal comedians have, who have talked about it recently. Uh, one of them moved to Texas. The other one moved to Jim Brewer, recently moved to Florida in, in his latest special. He talks about it. And he talks about feeling safer around people who have guns. And he talks about not growing up around guns and the whole thing, too. This is a guy who, you know, growing up in the Northeast, uh, it seemingly was more liberal and seemingly is more conservative these days. But when you talk about something like that, we talk about, you know, our basic, very basic core instincts. 
it's no surprise that these numbers changed during the COVID years. But it's also the radical years. It's also the inc- the increase mm-hmm. in violent crime. You know, the call for defunding the police and, and we're seeing crime play out over and over and over again. I said to you off the air yesterday, I don't know if I've ever said this on the air, but a recent thought hit me and it was the radicals clearly are out there in terms of the protesters and everything else, um, the angry mob. But the criminals clearly seem more empowered. And I don't mean just those that are going in and, you know, wiping off the shelves at a CVS. The violent criminals feel more empowered. uh, And there was no way that they weren't going to when the left started doing what they're doing, you know, Um, the whole thing on bail reform and, and, uh, and essentially not going after criminals the way we should as a lawful society. And I think that has people fearful. Um, There are in, in these um, uh, urban areas, in these cities, if you can't afford to leave or if your family is there and you don't want to leave, there, there are choices you have to, to make. There are decisions you have to make. And right now, it's interesting to look at it. When you see Mayor Brandon in Chicago trying to blame the far right for the problems that he and his party have created, and he did also point to the former Mayor Lightfoot, in part, but the fact of the matter is the left and their policies, everything is, is now reality. It's no longer discussions in the abstract as we've been talking. And I think COVID also helped to, the COVID years also helped to accelerate uh, those concerns of where we're going to be as, as a society. You and I talked about it early on, where, where people are going to live. They probably don't want to live on top of each other anymore after COVID. But beyond that, then you you introduce the rise in violent crime. And we see uh, Michael Rappaport, the uh, once very liberal actor who's been very vocal on social media. And he was talking about that, you know, for a while, uh, putting videos up about, you know, the the, uh, the 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 crime and the rise in crime where he lives. But also recently put out a video and said, I'm sorry if it comes down to it and it's Trump versus Biden, I'm voting for Trump. And he had some, of course, some words for Trump, the names that he calls him clearly doesn't like Trump, but that's the decision he's going to make. When you uh, look here at uh, this article, which uh, in the Wall Street Journal, more many more voters with uh, guns. NBC did a poll. They're looking at the NBC poll. So you can't say this is a poll of, you know, the, the gun rights activists out there that mm-hmm. might be that might be skewed because of that. Right. Uh, they said notable is that the numbers are increasing the fastest on the left yeah. for gun ownership mm-hmm. in this country. Wow. And by big margins in certain demographics, mm. in 2019, 64% of Republicans reported that their households had a firearm compared with 33% of Democrats. The figure for Republicans has risen two points over four years compared to eight for Democrats. Wow. That's a huge wow. shift. Uh, you know, you didn't see that. You think about this. You go all the way through, you know, the uh, the, 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 the late 80s and the 90s yeah. before they passed the crime bill 
And they did that because crime was rampant and, and you had Democrats at that point really talking about gun control. I remember it because it was my first couple of years in, uh, in, in talk radio. And you looked at it and Democrats, if you brought up guns, it was like, no, we, no, 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 we right. don't need guns right. in a right. society. But when you look at here at some of the numbers, when you break it down, 24% of black voters were gun owners in 2019. Today, think about this, just through COVID, 24% of black voters were in gun households in 2019. Today, 41%. Wow. And think about that. You didn't have movement like that for the last 30, 40 years in this country. That's a good point. Up 17 points over the same period. The number of white voters rose three points to 56% from... 30 uh, from uh, 53%. Could this increase in black ownership be related to self-defense concerns amid the, the um, increase in urban crime? The survey doesn't delve into the reasons, but it's a reasonable guess. The NBC survey includes 1,000 registered voters and the margin of error is plus or minus 3.1%. Uh, but it fits other evidence and the trend is hard to miss. The Second Amendment protects Americans who want to own firearms for self-defense, and lately millions more people have availed themselves of that right. If politicians want to pass gun regulations, even red flag laws that seek to bar firearms from people with mental health issues, these are the voters that they need to convince, and yeah. it's moving yeah. in the opposite direction, just and hugely moving in just four years. Right. Well, what would be the reason for that? It's the rise in crime. Right. And so you have two things. When Trump became president, it was, well, we're afraid of a fascist government. Right. Oh, you're talking about the original meaning of the Second Amendment right. that you called silly. Right. And now it's not silly anymore when Trump became president. Right. I'm buying a gun. We, right. You and I remember that. Those stories that were out there early in the Trump administration, really, and it was like right after he was elected. Remember the huge oh, yeah. increase in it gun purchases yeah. in in Democrat strongholds. Right, right. It was like whoa, and they were very vocal about yes, it too. They were, and so you've got, uh, you know, fr- from uh, you know a um, a fascist government mm-hmm. to now, uh, and they're looking at going. Okay, probably a lot of right now is self defense, right? And you think about that. Well, that encompasses everything within the Second Amendment, and that's a problem because if you didn't believe that four years ago, because we, the I love when they go, we live in a gun culture, it's a gun culture, CNN did the other day. Yeah. When did we start caring more about guns than lives? Yeah. As if guns right. have nothing to do with saving lives. Right, exactly. That anybody who buys a gun, I'm just buying a gun because I want to kill somebody. Right. It's got nothing to do with protecting life. And protecting property, but especially protecting life. But when you go from that mindset that, no, 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 nobody should have a gun, to buying a gun. That's a huge shift. That's a huge shift because it's not about, it's it's not, you're purchasing a gun, so of course it's about a gun. But the whole point is, you are realizing that it is up to you to take care of yourself. Yeah. Because the government won't. Well, if you apply it to guns, what else do you end up applying it to? No, that's a great point. And if you look at that, 
because the process of becoming a gun owner for the first time is nothing small. It's, first of all, great consideration. Then if, you know, if you're, if you're married, uh, you know, if you have a family, there's, you know, quite often a, con- a, a conversation to be had there. Uh, and then, and, and, and maybe you're approached by a spouse, right? And it's, I think we should consider this. And it's also not a decision once you've acknowledged why. It's not one of those where that just goes away. Now, you may one day move to a, a neighborhood that maybe is safer or something, but it but the purpose, though, the acknowledgement of the purpose and the right, your Second Amendment right, doesn't go away. You may one day decide, you know what? All right, um, I I don't. It's I'm ultimately not comfortable because I don't get enough time with my gun or whatever. And you decide, okay, I'm 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 no longer going to do that. But you still have acknowledged as to why. That's a huge shift. And as the the Next question is, as you asked, where else does that apply? Because we have to bring in, you know, the whole parenting rights issue uh, that uh, Governor DeSantis brought up on the stage. And when you have those radical decisions that are being made in states like California and a number of other states, this is not a battle. That's not a political battle. That's these states and their policymakers taking on the parents. Those are, those are lines when you cross them and, and parents take the stand or they make a decision uh, to acknowledge their Second Amendment right and, and practice that Second Amendment right. Those are things that shift them likely for the rest of their life. Now, how does it translate politically or does it? More on... Where's the real increase in people buying guns on the left? Coming up, 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. number of other surveys, you can just Google it, and you'll find it. Another, a number of surveys over the last couple of years. The biggest demographic buying it, we've covered some stories on this, some of the groups of women uh, buying guns, but mm. black women, the biggest increase mm. of any demographic buying guns, black women. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you look at it in general, and... You made a great point when you said buying a gun for a first time is a huge deal for people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because you sit, there's a number of things that you think of if you're going to buy a gun for the, the, the first time. And they're all totally and completely logical. Sure. Have I been as responsible as I should be as a person to own a gun? Right. Am I drinking too much? Is my and, behavior and the behavior of others in this home, right. is that the right place is, for 
you know. Right. Is my and and the the uh, the, the, the your spouse mm-hmm. may sit there and go, I don't want a gun in this house. Right. Or was saying I don't want a gun in this house, and now saying yes, and then you get to the point of saying, all right, all right, we need to have a gun in the house. You know, we're drinking too much to have a gun. Mm-hmm. How are we going to make sure that the kids don't get? You go through all those thought processes in your head, but you're not viewing a gun anymore as just this dangerous, unacceptable, you know, I'm on the left, guns are evil, we can't even think about it. You're to the point of saying it is a tool for our safety. Yeah. And then the next question you're asking yourself is, am I responsible enough to own a gun? Mm Mm-hmm. And you start thinking, you know, like I said, the things about drinking, smoking pot. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I sh- you know. Actually, on the FBI background check, I didn't know this. I saw a story the other day. Uh, a woman with medical marijuana, and she went to buy a gun. And the, one of the questions is, do you use marijuana? And she answered, yes. And so there is a lawsuit. I don't know what the extent of the lawsuit is or how far it's gotten in court just yet, but with the advent of legalization in many places, it could be a, a concern for a lot of people who want to be first-time gun owners. And I say the pot because of the huge increase in the legalization yeah. uh, uh, of it and the statistics showing a lot more people are are, are using it. Mm-hmm. Well, if you buy a gun, all of a sudden all those things come into your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, am I, you know, have I led a, because you can sit there and say, hey, it's okay if I'm irresponsible and I drink at home and there's no big deal. All of a sudden, you've got a gun in the house, and you start thinking, am I responsible? Would I do something stupid? Well, once you get past that and say, no, I am going to be responsible, then you're entire. You're talking about your life. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about, number one, I'm considering doing this because the crime in the area is just too great, and I want to be, and the police can't take care of it because police respond the vast majority of times after the crime has been committed I'm taking my life in my hands. It's yeah. the opposite for anybody. If you're a somebody who was a liberal and believed more in the government taking care of you, yeah. it's the complete opposite of that. And it's the ultimate opposite because you're saying, I am in control of my life. Right. And there's a right that I have to do it, but also a responsibility. So you ask yourself when you see the, the, the number, the changing uh, in in uh, in Democrats and other uh, demographics, minority demographics, you're saying, how does that change then in general how you will vote? And I don't have right. the answer for that, but it doesn't make you more liberal. Well, that's it. And it doesn't make you more radical. And then right. you, you add to it um, inflation and things that are where you're looking at it going, OK, wait a minute. What's actually going on here? Why aren't prices coming down? And then just a little bit of research points you in the right direction and you're thinking, my gosh, what are we doing here? I've been voting this way all my life and they want to take my rights away and diminish my buying power. They're doing that right now.
You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want if you can't listen live uh, overnight. So, yeah, I just uh, that uh, fascinating survey on that NBC took on uh, on gun ownership from registered voters yeah. out there because right. these are registered voters. And so fascinating uh, over the last four years, gun ownership, uh, blacks up 17 percent, Democrats in total up 8 percent. Uh, Republicans, you know, two to three percent. Well, it's I mean, there's there's more Republicans that own right, guns. Right. Yeah. Whatever. But that is just fascinating. The other just one point I want to make, because I talked about how it, uh, you know, how buying a gun for the first time when you have been viewed. But when your party is viewed guns, in essence, as the element of evil. Right. You know, not even the person shooting the gun, but the gun. Mm-hmm. And so. That has been labeled as evil where well, you're getting past that and you're saying when you get to this point, it's just a tool and it's my responsibility to do the right thing. So you start thinking about what kind of life you're living. Am I responsible enough? You start thinking about your kids. Yeah. You know, you right. start thinking about, OK, maybe I've been drinking too much on the weekends or mm-hmm. you know, smoking too much pot. Can I trust myself with a gun? I've got kids. Do I, you know, do I get a, a safe box? Do it. How do I how do I, you know, make sure that my kids don't all these questions go through your mind mm-hmm. which in essence what you're doing is you are taking responsibility you're not putting that responsibility is on nobody else but you and that's the complete opposite of what liberalism is today well and then you look at also after those considerations the actual process of buying a gun and again that's not a small thing so these are individuals who aren't responding and saying, I'm thinking about doing it. They're reporting they're, that they have a gun in the home. So they've made that purchase. They've gone through the process of buying a gun after that consideration. And again, not a small measure from going, you know, from the beginning of not having one in the home to thinking about getting one, going through the consideration process, and actually walking through the process of purchasing a gun. That's a, that is a huge shift and, and, again, not a small move by any individual if you have ever gone through it. And it makes you wonder where else it might apply. In terms of the where the mentality of, of of individuals might be right now, of where things are, there was no doubt that the overwhelmingly horrible response to COVID was going to have an effect. But at the beginning, it was also about not knowing what COVID was. But then also, you know what? After that, it's like, okay, we can't really trust the government. Think about that. When liberals in, at the beginning of 2017, as Trump was coming into office, and they were saying, well, we're worried about a tyrannical government. Well, welcome to the Second Amendment. And they started buying guns. <laughs> well, it's it's the second one on the list. You just go, yeah. And um, then you look at where, you know, that where we are during where we were during COVID. 
and the response to it. And a lot of people also had a distrust in government. And it's not that they're ultra paranoid. It's what you pointed out earlier. I can't count on them to protect me. I'm going to have to do that. I can't I can't count on the police to be here before the crime happens. I'm going to have to protect me and my family. There's uh, again there's always been this uh this narrative that comes from the Democrats uh about uh you know being paranoid about having a gun, you know, mm-hmm. focusing on the the gun instead of the 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 person why that's such which is why it's such a huge thing the numbers of democrats that have bought guns yeah. over the last couple of years i mean that's really really uh that that's amazing that yours and and as you said before when we talk about it that and you just mentioned it well you have to be paranoid if you're buying a gun because the odds that you'll be a victim of crime are very low well, we lock our doors, as you've always said. Yeah. Most of us lock our doors. Yep. And when we don't, I mean, that'll happen to me, I don't know, once a year. Mm-hmm. I'll sit there and I'll come in the front door and then yeah. not go out for, you know, a day. Mm-hmm. You know, go to sleep, wake up the next day, and 24 hours since you've been out, you go to the front door, it's open. You're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, all right. I'm 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 probably pretty safe here. And you can't but... blame that on the cat. <laughs> no, you can't. No, I can't blame that on the cat. But. Yeah. But you, and so, but you think about it, you go, I got to remember to lock the door. Yeah. Am I paranoid? Is that paranoia? Am I, am I paranoid that, uh, I have cameras all over the house yeah. and out, and looking outside? Is that paranoia or does it give me a sense of security that I can monitor what's going on in the property that I own just in case and it's really cool to have cameras in your house and wherever you are around the world to be able to look at it on your phone right you know but but you have that burglar alarms Mm -hmm. all this that that people put into their uh you know that they put into their homes are they paranoid or are they as i learned uh, in boy scouts are you prepared right because it's the same thing that when you talk about you, and you and I have talked about this uh, a lot. We talked about this during the Frizzola that we had here that, you know, I I was taught as a you know young boy being a Boy Scout to be prepared. So when Frizzola came, I had enough food. I mean, I was I was fine. I could have lasted, you know, a couple of weeks. No mm-hmm. problem at all. Mm-hmm. You were prepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but what are the odds that, you know, what are the odds for most people? Most people probably aren't prepared. And if you're sitting there and you're out there and you're buying, you know, you're you're buying um, uh, what do you, the survival food and everything else, people mm-hmm. might look at it. What are you, a nutcase? Uh, and there are people out there that say, remember the whole thing with uh, Y2K and people living in their bunkers. Okay, that gets to the point of paranoia. But if you're someone out there who says, yeah, I always make sure when the weather gets bad that I make sure that my tank is full. And you know yeah. something? Right. I did go and I did buy. Uh, a lot of those, you know, the dehydrated food that I can use it as a storage life of 10 years because I don't know what's going to happen in the future. And it just makes me feel better that I'm prepared uh, for something. You know, you and I were talking about it the other day about about money and why you save money. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and, and there are there are, you know, people that will get their money and spend it mm-hmm. because they want stuff. Right. And then if you're a saver, you'll have people come to you and say, why are you saving like this? 
You couldn't even, you know, you why why are you saving? You shouldn't be saving like this. You you know, you're going to die, and it's it's going to be that it's going to you know go to waste. Somebody else is going to get it, and your response might be, yeah, but it provides me security in case something happens, and that's what gives me happiness is not spending the money, but knowing that it's there for an emergency. And you and I have talked about this before. Why do you save? What's that emergency? Most of the time, you're talking about a medical emergency that maybe uh, your insurance company wouldn't cost or you want the best care out there, and that could run into hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. And so I've been there. Yeah, you, yes, you have been there, haven't mm-hmm. you? Yep. And so that, that's why you do it. Now, and, but others say, well, you're, that's crazy. Why would you do that? Spend the money because you need to spend the money now because you can't take it with you. Well, I joked with my daughter one time. I said, uh, my oldest daughter, I said, listen, hon, uh, you know, if I'm on my deathbed in the hospital, you know, it's just in, uh, you know, and your your mom's no longer around. I'm ordering pizza for the nursing staff every day, all day, you know, and, you know, I, it's, and I was just joking with her about, you know, you can't take it with you. Yeah, but I can spend it at the last minute. But the the fact is is that it is about being prepared. Being prepared. Right. And it's funny because I just, I had that prepper thought just the other day, driving home. And you think about things like, um, and you're seeing it a lot right now with influencers, you know, look, I'm actually growing vegetables. It seems like sometimes they're surprised they can grow vegetables, you know. It's like, <laughs> I'm not sure where you think they come from, but, you know, that's good. Um, But that's, you know, those are the things um, as a society, again, that get down to our core instincts of uh, shelter, food, protection, protection of our family. And all of these things right now, and I really believe this is what we are experiencing as a society is that there is an uneasy feeling. It is unsettling when you think to yourself, I can't provide. I can't. Inflation has it to where. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I can't. And then the borders open. It's wide open. And you're thinking others are coming here and I'm trying to figure out how to scramble, you know, to, to take care of me and to provide for me. And then all of a sudden we're providing for other people that are coming here and that seems like an endless line of people. Um, then the radical behavior of, you know what? You don't get a say-so if your child wants to have surgery. Those things are very unnerving and unsettling. The rise in violent crime and what we're seeing here, and really there is no other reasonable explanation as to these numbers. And it's people need to feel safer and they understand Listen, I'm going to have to do something to have that peace of mind in case something happens so that I can protect myself, my family, our property. We are unsettled as a society right now. And there's no way around that. There's it's that's where we are at this moment. It is by choice and we can change it. Well, you know, when you again when and so when you look at the mentality because I think politically it it could be a, an indicator of a shift for Americans because if you're saying I have to depend on myself 
to protect yeah. my family, right? Then the next thing is because I can't depend on the government, right? And not necessarily, you know, when when you look at the laws that they're putting in, it makes you more aware of it when they're saying, "Well, let's let criminals go, right? Let's you know, let's let's open the jails, you know, what? Yeah. Let's, uh, yeah. you know, it's not really that bad. I mean, the uh, no uh, no bail." Uh, soft on crime, things like that. You look, you go, oh, my God, not only can the police not protect me, because the police really, for the most part, cannot protect you. Right. And and right. I, that's not a criticism of police. Right. That's just the reality that, I mean, they can do preventive stuff, as we know, mm-hmm. and not and they can stop crime. But the majority of crimes are committed and the police show up 10 right. minutes after. Right. right. That's just the reality that they can't be everywhere at once. Right. And so you say, all right, it's time for me. And when you see everything that's happened the last few years, when you see the insecurity because of, of COVID, when you see the insecurity, you know, the money insecurity that we talk about, yeah. uh, you know, out there. But you want to you're saying, I'm going to take control of my life. Then the next thing is money. Yeah. I can't depend on the government anymore. Right. I need to depend on myself. If you're doing that with guns. The next logical step is you do it with other things in your life, right? which then becomes fiscal. You and I have always talked about the worst feeling in the world for me would be if I'm sitting there saying, you know, I just need this government benefit. It's got to be there. It's got to be there. It's got to be there. And it's right. not there. And I'm just, right. I'm furious. That would be unnerving, a com- unnerving, a completely yeah. helpless feeling. And we've talked about the times that we live in right now that are scary because with inflation and the inflation we have, it's not like a recession. I lost my job, but I'll get one. Right, right. And yeah, okay, I've got unemployment to get me through the basic sustenance, but I'll get a job again. Why? Because I've always gotten a job again. Right. Bad recessions always end. Right, bad recessions always end. When you have inflation, you're working and you still can't keep up. You want a helpless feeling? And this is the thing that's infuriating because you have to be really elitist and out of touch if you don't realize that, and Democrats don't. They don't. They don't realize they that. They don't see it. 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up, you thought it was uh, you, you thought you were dreaming uh, mm. when you heard us say the other day that uh, the uh, the head of the Rhode Island Black Lives Matter organization is going to vote for Trump. Right. You ready for this? Huh? Chris Cuomo says he would consider voting for Trump over Biden. And I know it's just no, you didn't drink too much last night. Am I drunk right now? No, you're not drunk. Okay. You're not high. Hmm. We'll have the article coming up. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. Plus, plus more. We spent a ton of time this week on EVs. Mm-hmm. More coming up, too.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. Good morning. I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Harley. Hi. It's December 1st, which means what? What? I'm cutting my lawn today. <laughs> I'm going to be cutting my lawn for at least a few more weeks. We haven't had, we had one freeze for like 10 minutes. <laughs> it got below 32. Uh, I don't know, a few weeks ago. And then a frost the other day. But my lawn is still green. My yeah. back lawn is completely green. Yeah, mine isn't. Mine's mine's dormant now. Or ninety percent dormant. So yeah. the only thing the only thing really growing is crabgrass. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it today and then mm. cut edge if it dries out, because we had rain yesterday, mm-hmm. either today or tomorrow, I'm going to cut the lawn and then uh, put on the uh, crabgrass killer. Because the one thing that happens once once your lawn goes dormant, and, and I have the southern Bermuda, with that once that goes dormant, weeds start growing like crazy. And mm-hmm. then when the southern Bermuda grows in the spring, it chokes out all the weeds because it's mm-hmm. so incredibly thick. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so... Uh, that's my that's my plan. That's my plan. Those those are the plans that I have. All right. Another exciting weekend. If you wonder, what the heck mm-hmm. does a single national radio talk show host do on the first weekend of December? If you want to know what kind of wild and crazy life I live, mm-hmm. and that's the goal this weekend. All right. Is to... And I got a new vacuum, too, so I'm going to vacuum uh all the carpeting okay it's pretty good now but get that get everything i want everything done Mm -hmm. and it will be everything will be done by tomorrow outside and inside all right so i have nothing so i can just enjoy the uh rest of december and do nothing all right you know so all right that's it that's good that's about it all right you ready for this no okay i'm ready i'm not making this up This to show you how bad the Democratic Party and Joe Biden is right now. Mm. And you're saying, oh, that's over the top rhetoric. I'll listen to what I have to say. Okay. News Nation's Chris Cuomo. (laughs) I don't know if it's going News Nation. What's that? Uh, News Nation's Chris Cuomo said Wednesday that he would consider voting for Donald Trump over President Joe Biden in the 2024 presidential election. Let me rephrase that. Let me fix it. All right. Chris Cuomo of News Nation is so desperate for viewers (laughs) that he actually said (laughs) that he would consider voting for Donald Trump. There. Don't you think there's some 
opinion bias in that statement of yours? Nope. <laughs> There's not any. None. And the specific part I was looking for, I mean, you may be factually correct, mm-hmm. desperate for more of an audience. Is yeah. that the reason he yeah. said it? It might be. Actually, yeah. <laughs> it, it might be. I, it, I was asking the, the primary question. reason, yeah. <clears throat> the former CNN host during an appearance on a podcast said he is always open to voting for Trump over Biden. <laughs> always open? Always no, no, he wasn't always open. <laughs> no, 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 he wasn't always Always is open. a big word, Chris. Unless he said that like he was doing in the future tense. Said he is always open to voting for okay. Trump. Maybe he's trying to say he, not will, he will remain open. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If it's Biden-Trump, look for me again. We survived a Trump administration, Cuomo said during the program. Would we survive another one? Yes. 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 I don't think there's any greater risk to America with him than with Biden. Now, remember, understand where understand how where he comes where he's coming from. Right. Right. Uh, a this channel is, that has no humans watching it. This is this is Chris Cuomo. <laughs> and for people who are now going to attack me and say, what are you talking about? Trump is like this crazy man. Look, you know, (laughs) as Patrick said, the data is the data. Nobody was trying to kill us when Trump was president in a way that they're not not now. What? If anything, oh, oh, I get it. Hmm. He's talking about, if anything, there's more hostility, Cuomo continue. I'm just saying, I'm not afraid of a Trump presidency. I'm not afraid of another Biden presidency because unlike many people in America, I believe that the country is much stronger than any individual leader. That, that's a cop out. It's got nothing that, to do. Yeah. With it. it's yeah. Gonna, yeah. Welcome to the yeah. uh, welcome to the uh, no labels party, Chris. <laughs> I could go either way. I'm OK with whoever. Well. It all depends on what the definition of survive is. Yeah. Right. Yeah, what do you mean by that specifically? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll only I only won't consider that candidate if everybody is dead. Right. <laughs> Probably is not it. Right. If I'm the last man <laughs> alive. If everybody is dead. Except Trump and I, then I won't. If everybody is dead except for me, Trump, and Biden, then I'll vote for Biden. Because <laughs> we, because we didn't survive. Yeah. No, yeah. no, 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 no. If everybody's dead, then you vote for Trump because Biden's president. Okay. Let me yeah. Get, okay. Yeah. Let, let me let me get this insane mindset correct here. <laughs> Cuomo went on to say that the country survived January 6th, the Russian thing. Mm-hmm. The Russian thing. And having Biden as a gaffe machine. Oh, yeah, that's the only criticism of Biden is that he's yeah. a gaffe machine, right? Gaff, yeah. Right. We survived those things. Are we better for it? No. Should <laughs> we be doing things differently? Yes. I think it uh, I think it happens. Am I afraid I- to take a position? Yes. Yeah. Wait a minute. What? Chris, hold it. Wait a minute. 
What? He's the perfect candidate for no labels. That's what I that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Welcome to the no labels yeah. party. We should be doing things differently. Yes, I think it happens. I don't know when. I don't even know why. But you know, in the terms of who I'm going to vote for, I would really have to see where we are at that moment in time. News Nation, we report and whatever. Cuomo's Wednesday comments stand in contrast with his coverage of the Trump presidency. In December of 2020, Uh Cuomo told his CNN audience that Trump was the worst president we have ever seen, period. After Trump vetoed pay for the military, stalled relief for millions of you, and issued the most toxic tally of pardons we have ever seen. CNN fired Cuomo in December of 21, following (laughs) reports that he helped his brother, former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, battle sexual assault allegations and then cover the identity of at least one of his accusers. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I can see the left now. Well, yeah, Cuomo's going to... Now that Cuomo's corrupt, he said he'll consider voting for Trump. Yeah, right. <laughs> of course you would expect that from the corrupt Cuomo's. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Sounds like somebody's looking for some attention. Yeah. Yeah, because if he had come out and said, I'm voting for Trump and here's why. Okay, now you have my attention. I don't know that I buy it, but I'm going to listen. And when you but when you go, uh, I I can vote for Trump or the other guy. I mean, one could be good. The other guy could also be good. He's become one of the moronic undeciders two days before an election. Seriously, I'm not sure who I'm going to vote for. I I really don't know whether I'm going to vote for the Republicans and Democrats because they're so much alike. They well, stand, you know, DeSantis, yeah. DeSantis and Newsom. You know, I watched it, and you know, they're really the same. There's no difference. We need a third party yeah. that stands for nothing. The no backbone party, and they're. There's there's what you have. I mean, it's and which the no labels party could, you know, take that. We want to talk to all of those who are undecided. Come with us. Oh, crap. That would mean you would have to decide. Wait, stay undecided. But could you come over here for a minute? Seriously. I mean, if you're going to if you're going to issue a statement like that, at least have some direction. Tell me where you actually stand, how you actually feel. Well, Barry White's great example. Yeah. I was wrong about Trump. Yeah. Trump was right. Yeah. Now you've got my attention because it tells me, because you and I have talked about it with anybody running for office or anybody issuing an opinion when there is a, you know, a switch, a move in any direction or the other. That really gets my attention. That's fascinating, uh, especially when it's that kind of big move. Um, and then you ask, because our question is always, okay, where's the change of heart? 
I want to hear where you had the change of heart. And you don't hear that from Chris Cuomo. Yeah, well, the, 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 the fact is it shows how clueless. Well, I don't know what it shows about him, but obviously <laughs> I, I really don't. I, yeah, I can't. No, you're right. Because, look, it's, it's all about you vote for somebody based on the issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Trump isn't going to change where he stands between now and next year. No. No. Biden isn't going to change. Biden isn't going to reverse what he has done on the issues. And, you know, he's being disingenuous when he says the only thing he mentions was Biden's gaffes as the only right. problem. Yeah. Right. Which it isn't. It's the policies that he's involved with. Right. And nowhere does he really talk policy. Because then you, the, the question would be, wait, Chris, are you saying that the biggest reason, because it's the only thing he stated, that you might not support Biden is because of his gaffes? Yeah, which is ridiculous. No, it's all it all comes down to the issues. Yep, it does. So where do you stand on the issues? Yeah. And if he wants to say, like Barry Weiss did, Trump was right. And here's where he was right. And since I know where Chris Cuomo stands on the issues. Right. He's lying. He's not yeah, going to vote for Trump. No, he's not. No, he is. Oh, not. no labels news. Yeah, exactly. No, there's news here from no labels. Here oh, we go. <laughs> they're, they're... I, I thought you were changing. Oh. Uh, the uh, the the network he was on to no labels news. <laughs> That's news, funny. News Nation. News Nation. We're now no. We've labels. changed our name to low no labels news. That's right. No no labels is pulling the plug on its Dallas convention next spring. Oh, really? And will instead conduct its selection process virtually. Axios <laughs> has learned. Now this is Axios. So okay. th- right after that they have. To, yeah. What do they do after that first? sentence here's why it matters yes here's why it matters the group hasn't made a final decision on whether or not to launch a third-party challenge Mm. what do you mean they haven't decided where they stand on the issues yet which democrat critics uh, argue could throw the election to former president trump uh canceling its dallas convention will give no labels more flexibility and more time to make that determination it will allow more candidates to potentially emerge and challenge the status quo what are they saying no labels has always uh, has always uh, been to get on the ballot and select a unity ticket that can win outright. The Electoral College, the group said in a statement, we have no intention of doing anything but that. And every step we make uh, with that is the goal in, uh, in mind. This is why no labels has decided to conduct our selection process virtually with our members across the country. No labels has lately spoken to numerous exceptional leaders interested in being on the unity ticket. And more continue to emerge each week. Your party means nothing unless you tell me where you stand on all of the issues. And they view it as a badge of honor that an option is a political party that won't tell you where they stand on the issues. Yeah. That's a winner. I. Yeah. And now they can't have a convention. We'll have a virtual convention. Join us on Zoom. I love this one. They have they 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 have why uh, you know why it matters what they're saying. Zoom out. Zoom in. <laughs> and the zoom in is despite canceling the convention, the group organizers are still moving forward <laughs> with gaining ballot access. The White House has mostly ignored the group, though privately there's a growing <laughs> concern in the Democratic circles. 
that the no labels ticket will siphon voters away from President Biden. Because when it comes to the choice for Democrats, or think is the insane policies the Democratic Party is supporting, or I have no idea where you stand. Right. 866-90-RED-EYE. Brought to you by Hotshot Secret. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on roadside inspections. Once a roadside inspection is completed, the officer will close it out, which involves the officer writing or typing up the report. The more the officer found during the inspection, the longer this will take. If violations were discovered, most officers, as a courtesy, will explain the violations to the driver. If there were any out-of-service violations, the officer will normally explain what must be done to get the out-of-service order lifted. Drivers need to be very attentive during this part of the inspection. The driver also needs to read and understand the complete inspection report. After receiving the inspection report, the driver has 24 hours to get the roadside inspection report to the motor carrier. If the driver will not be returning to a company facility within the next 24 hours, the driver needs to know to get it on the way to you via email, mail, or fax within 24 hours. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's our Carly and I'm Gary McNamara. I just love this here. It goes, uh, I'm, I'm reading the new, no labels website here to see if they're taking a position on any issues yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, speaking truth to partisanship. All right. Mm-hmm. This is this part. Okay. Since 2009, when the Tea Party arrived, no labels has been focused exclusively on reversing that vicious cycle. We aren't a third party, but we are cap- creating a powerful force capable of countering the influence of the extremes of both sides. That's a lie. Yeah. What they're talking about is creating a third party. Right. That will have a set of candidates running for president of the United States and vice president. So they can't even get through, even in their very, very uh, generic, broad brushing of, oh, we... We're not too far left. We're not too far. We're the porridge in the middle. That's just the right temperature for you to eat. Is it porridge? No, we're not telling you what it is. It's just stuff in the middle, but we're not going to tell you. Uh, But that's a lie right there. Of course, we're a third party. That's their only goal. Right. And they sit there and say, you know, we're still going to hold our convention. We're still doing this. Well, the candidates are Biden and Trump. And they say, we'll only do this if there's radical candidates on both sides. They're admitting because nobody is stating that Biden isn't going to run, that Biden's a radical and Trump's a radical. Mm-hmm. So we want to run a third party. We're not a third party. Yeah, you are. <clears throat> you are. It's just, it's amazing. We're not anything. But I'm telling you, people want to be BS'd. They really do. Yeah. They. My dad was right on that. They, please lie to me. Lie, can you lie to me in a different way? We're going to lie to you in a nice way and claim that we're not far left or far right. Mm -hmm. We're still going to lie, but...
on your smart speaker, say, play Red Eye Radio. And if you're really nice, she might. Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. The other thing I want to say about the No Labels Party, since we got into uh, discussing it because they have canceled their Dallas convention and uh, they are going to hold a virtual convention. They don't know who they're going to allow to vote for whatever candidate they decide to choose. <laughs> however, they decide to choose it. Wow, this is like this is like the uh, Wall Street thing. Uh, what was it? Uh, Occupy Wall Street. No, it really Remember is. That? I was going to say that earlier. Uh, we don't have a spokesperson. Yeah, but yeah. you're doing the interview. Or am I? I don't know if I'm <laughs> What can you say about the organization? I really can't say anything but, for the organization. Everything that they promote falls apart. Like I say, when they say we're not a third party, stop lying. You know, just because you claim you're moderate doesn't mean that we can't find the lies in what you're trying to tell the American people. Right. The other thing is when they say, you know, that if if there's two radicals in there, and they already view Trump as a radical. Mm-hmm. You know, to, or excuse me, far right, far left. Trump is not far right. No. Trump is not far right on the issues. No. Trump has never been far right on the issues. So the No Labels Party has come about. They didn't, No Labels Party didn't come about because of Joe Biden. No, no labels party came out because of Trump. Mm-hmm. And so they view, well, he's far right. If it's going to be far right, far left. Well, if you're going to make that accusation, Biden is the only radical and he's radical left. He's yes. far left. Right. By the things that he has put in the border. That's radical. Uh, the EV mandates is radical. What he wants to do in energy is radical. Not mm-hmm. having full support for Israel and the pro-Hamas people in the Democratic Party and the hundreds in the Biden administration, that is radical. What issue is Trump radical on? He's not. We've asked that question. We've never got an answer from anybody. On what specific issue is Trump a radical? He's not. Trump has held moderate positions that have been held by both Democrats and Republicans over the last 50 years on the issues. Right. He's used as a radical because of his personality. But on the issues, Trump is not a radical. Well, never has been. Remember, in 2016, they had to make you know, the whole make America great again, that had to be, oh, that's radical. He's he's a bigot. How dare you put America first? How dare you talk about American exceptionalism? That was right. Ra- they they tried to they have to make it up as they go along. Everything about him. But on the issues, far from radical. But those aren't radical positions. No, they're not. That's my whole point. Caring about Americans first is not a radical position. Right. That's that's how far they had to go. Right. 
which, by the way, Wall Street Journal, day after the election in 2016, went into Harlem and asked just randomly, why do you think he won and she didn't? And the one common thread in the answers, he was talking about issues here at home. The liberals. These are liberals. Yes, li- liberals in, in right. Harlem, right. New York. And no, it was clear what was going on. He was identifying the problem, as we said, in 2016. He was identifying the issues here at home. And they have to make it up as they go along. And no labels want you to believe, oh, well, we're not this or, or that. Well, what are you then? You know, they call themselves the no labels party. And as you point out, correctly point out, they came about as a result of Trump. And ironically enough, he immediately gave them three labels, two of which we can't mention on the air. And those are the things that, you know, I I don't. Why is it that it seems no one has any (laughs) self-awareness? Like none. (laughs) Newsom walked in. Fully unprepared, you could tell. Yes. Now, I don't know as you know how a far left liberal and governor of California could be prepared, but it's as if he didn't even expect those items to be brought up. I mean, he he was clueless, and there's zero self awareness right now in far too many people. I mean. Wow. It's just mind-boggling. Makes you wonder how anything gets done. We asked the question. Because all everybody's saying, well, we know who's really in charge at the White House. Actually, nobody. <laughs> it's like that electric football game with magnets. They're just going and all different directions. Nobody's in charge. Under the age of anybody under the age of 50, elected yeah. football. Or maybe 60. Yeah, 50. Probably probably 50. Yeah. yeah. Anybody under the age of 50, electric football, you actually had a vibrating football field exactly. with little players on. Exactly. Because somebody <laughs> might think, oh, is that like the, the beginning? Uh, remember there was a handheld football game you could play in the 80s? And it was, you know, it was, like, you know, like a video game. So, oh, no. Mm, so people yeah, no. under 50. No, this yeah. was actually because it is. That's why I brought up my evil Knievel uh, d- little action figure. Uh, I brought up my evil Knievel action figure one time. We were talking about Christmas toys. And then all of a sudden. One day, my uh, my brothers were playing electronic football, and I decided Evil Knievel was going to win the game. And he did. He plowed through all the players. <laughs> the only one that was realistic was the the hockey. Yeah. Uh, it was now, more, which which one? The table hockey the ta- or the air hockey? No, the table hockey. Okay. Yeah. You actually took the little. Oh, yeah. We actually, no, that was. We actually curved the sticks, and our goal was to try to lift the puck. Oh, I never thought of that. Yeah, we actually, 
we we had the ones where we could take the stick out and we're like we got we've got it over cigarette lighters trying to bend the stick yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) that was but yeah you're right though i mean it's it's almost as if it's you know what's going on right now is like the the running backs or the the electric football where nothing was ever accomplished nobody's there is no direction and you know what if 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 honestly you had a question about that before last night, last night sealed that deal because everybody on the left was quietly putting their hopes on Newsom. And we've been saying since they started talking that way, he's in a blue bubble. He's got to get on the national stage. And last night was his first time and he failed miserably because his policies are failing the people of California, and everybody knows it. So when you have a you have a party that calls themselves no labels that does not have really any type of platform except the generic "We're not too far right, we're not too far left, we're just right in the middle." We're not even having a convention, right? I we're mean, not, we're not just going right. to, right. you know. Well, you know the thing that was <laughs> you know the thing that really killed you know, the thing last what was it last week or the week before where they came up with well. We're thinking that if you get a vote, that you have to pay a hundred dollars. Like, oh my God! Wow! What are you doing? You, you can't do you, that. You went from we don't want to be extreme in one right. way or the other to being the most extreme. Right. Right. That the delegates, if they want to get a vote in, yeah. have to pay. So the money, people with the money, get to ch- the, the the delegates that have the money get to select the candidate. They backed off on that one. They got blasted for that one. They're completely clueless. They went, they completely went from the clueless. no labels party to the Gambino party. <laughs> hey, if you want in, you're going to have to bring a hundred bucks. You better have the hundred bucks, or you don't get in. Oh my God! By the end of the day, because I remember that coming out, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, "What are they nuts?" <laughs> By the end of the day, oh no, we're not going to do that. Imagine <laughs> yeah, the delegates. In my mind, it's always elderly people, you know, that that are the delegates, you know, very uh, usually wearing very colorful hats and stuff at the convention. Oh yeah, that was you got your hundred bucks or what? The 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 the, the pay for play party. I didn't didn't know. You know, you know what this is. You know the pay for play party. Teller Cuomo. The pay-for-play party. That's, what <laughs> That's they just crazy. I mean, just... Uh, and, oh, my gosh. And, and and so, you know, we take shots at them, but they're legit shots. Don't... Just, don't with, with the challenges we have today, don't sit there and insult the intelligence of the American voter and well, not tell them what you're going to do and claim that... You know what they are? They're mm-hmm. the virtue-signaling party without any substance to them. Exactly. That's what they are. Yeah, there's nothing there. Because they've been around for what? A year? Year and yeah, a half? about a year, year and a half. Year and a half? Like and we yeah. still have no idea where they stand on anything except, yeah. but we're in the mushy middle. Yeah. Well, what's the mushy middle when it comes to the substance of the issues? Right. Is an O-Labels party going to say, well, you know something... We believe that half the men should be able to play against women in sports, but not 100%. Uh, Where's the compromise there? Yeah. We're willing to consider. That's what they they sound like. 
Listen, we're open to considering the possibility of, it just drives me crazy. I mean, seriously. But that's where we are as a country. I'm going to virtue signal. I'm of a higher morality than you because I'm not them and I'm I'm not them over there on the left. I'm not them over there on the right. I'm right in the middle, but I'm not going to tell you where you, I stand. I'm just going to use that statement. I'm going to it's basically a meme party. Yeah, this is a yeah. meme. We're the meme party. We're not left, we're not right, we're in the middle, and we'll do common sense solutions, and our goal is to get the job done. How? Well, we're not prepared to tell you yet. All right, you've been in existence for six months. We figured that when you started as a party, you would have a goal there. Now it's six months later, do you have a goal? No. A year later, do you have a goal? Can you tell us what your actual goals are and what you would do? No. It's a year and a half now. Can you tell us what you would actually do? Enough of the rhetoric. What would you do? Well, we don't want to get involved in that because then people might be turned off by the uh, by our party if we tell them actually where we stand. Remember they said that? Yeah. They were we, don't, f- we don't want to take a position right. we don't, because we don't want to turn people away. This is, I'm convinced now. The reason they canceled their convention in Dallas is because they couldn't decide to, what to put on the dinner menu, chicken or fish. <laughs> it is. And they're te- like, you know what? It is Texas barbecue. It's, it would it's have obvious. to be barbecue. Oh, we can't have. Okay, pork or beef. See, we got to make a decision. Okay, we'll just call the whole thing off. But how can you get anybody interested in the northeastern liberal states no. if you have the convention in Dallas? Right. you got to find a no-label city. Right. Which is the internet, except. Oh, that's a great point. Yes, yeah. I couldn't it's pick anywhere internet. else. We couldn't pick a city. <laughs> Dallas was wrong. Well, what's right? Well, we don't know. We'll do the internet. It's no city, but it's every city. Eight that's si- the no labels <laughs> party. Eight six six ninety red eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at eight six six ninety red eye. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hardy, and I'm Gary McNamara. We'll have some economic news coming up on the top of uh, the hour. Consumer spending now is a uh, uh, softening story from uh, CNBC, I believe it was mm-hmm. yesterday. We'll mm-hmm. get to uh, that. Also, pending home sales dropped to a record low uh, in 2001 is when the uh, the National Association of Realtors began tracking pending home sales the lowest since then. Yeah. So, and that includes 2008 and 2009. And the miss on the forecast for that number was pretty big too. So, you know, that's the, the median forecast by uh, analysts. And, you know, that, that points to what a lot of an, more and more analysts are saying. And that is, look, it looks more like a recession in 24. I, I and I love this headline too. We'll get to this. Uh, because we've talked a lot about EVs this mm-hmm. week, why no one want why no one wants to pay for the green transition? Does ah. it cost more? Because you can't pay for it. Why don't you want to pay more? Right? Does it cost more? And yeah. I'm not getting anything better.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market. Rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.